welcome back to another episode of the Sports Night Podcast. And I just want to let everybody know that the King has returned. I took a short hiatus, but the King is back. And I'm ready to sit on my throne. <laughs> well, you know, you heard it here first. Uh, if you've been following the pod, there were some serious allegations made last week towards Posio. You know, he had been slacking. It was the second post pickums he had missed, and we'll certainly get into that when we get to post pickums. The the episode was titled "Fire Posio." There were people calling for his head. The fans were outraged, but um, nobody was outraged. Yeah, people were outraged. They were they were hitting up the DMs. They're like, "Get this guy off the pod. What is he doing here?" I felt I felt disrespected. Exactly. Oh, you're losing a lot of our um, a lot of our respect, Listen, but. He's there's, back. There's some priorities in life, all right? He's back. He's back. That's all we got to say. He's back. Uh, now, speaking of someone that should actually get fired, before we get into the good stuff, I <laughs> just want to just talk about Stephen DeServe real quick. This is the third straight episode he's me- missed. That's three weeks now. Third straight episode he's missed. And it's because of a test on Friday. We're filming this on a Wednesday in the middle of the afternoon. He's got a test on Friday. It's currently 1.33 p.m. Who studies for a test at one thirty-three? So I know for one, I take back my stance in Posio, and I want to get a little fire Steven chant going somewhere in, in the you know in the in the Sports Night podcast community. Uh, there would but, definitely uh, be an army behind that. Like, I think I, I really think so because you know I'm behind that. I think, that disqualify, I think we should disqualify all of his picks, honestly. I mean, that's what I think. I think so too, because honestly, it's like he just. I feel like he just comes in here to do his picks, and that's it. That's all he cares about. Yeah, win top five pickums and just not show up. Exactly. It's just. It's not what you want. Uh, Speaking of things that are not what you want, the Jets almost won a game, and that that was crazy. (laughs) That was possible outcome. Not what we want. It's not what you want. Best possible outcome. Little fourth quarter drama. We were in the game, and that's it. It looked. It was literally. They had to choke. I was nervous. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, Is Bill Belichick really gonna give us this win and ruin our chances? Because everyone. That's what everyone was saying too. They were like, How smart is this guy that he's gonna make? That he's gonna give the Jets a first win? And then I was looking at it too. I think the Jaguars' upcoming schedule is like impossible too. So it looks like they're probably gonna lose out. So if that game would have, if the Jets would have won that game, they possibly could have slid to the number two spot, and all this miserable season would have gone for nothing if we're not getting Trevor Lawrence. So that I mean, really like bad. that's that's the thing, right? Like, you guys go one in fifteen, and the Jaguars get the first pick. Like that's yeah, no, not good. Can't, no, not at all. Then it then it becomes not worth it. Like all, all this stuff that went down, this becomes just like a lost season. So like you guys are full in. Like let's go zero and sixteen next year. Let's get yeah. Started. Um yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure I can speak for all Jets fans, but I think most people hopping on that that boat. Everyone just zero and sixteen. Tank for Trevor. Hopefully this guy can turn it around. Yeah, I mean, That's but really Bill Belichick's smart. Like letting the Jets win, that'd have been smart because he doesn't want to face Trevor Lawrence in the division. Who who does Trevor Lawrence is gonna be so good. That's right? what I'm saying. Everyone, yeah, that's that's why I thought. Because then I really thought about it. I was like, this guy Belichick really is a genius if he lets the Jets win. Like, who wants to like, you know what I mean? In a division like that, now let's just, I mean, we never know what could happen. But if Trevor Lawrence does end up being the great quarterback that everyone's projected him to be, obviously you would want to do everything in your power not to have him in your division. And if he would have somehow pulled that off, I mean, I mean they still do play the Jets. I'm 
I think we played the uh, Patriots week uh, 17, I'm pretty sure. Last week of the season, so we have one more chance to mess that, it up. That would be hilarious. And that would be so, so on bad. point with the Jets if that happens. I love That's how you said I'm that. Saying. One more week to mess it up. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not even. You guys, this, not, this you guys number one pick is disappointment. No, we do. That's why I'm not even. I'm not even getting excited yet until the season's officially over because knowing us, they'll win that game and then literally, literally for the last possible moment, they let us all on. Oh, we're getting this guy, getting this guy, and then we'll blow it the last week. I'm so trying to think. <laughs> I'm trying to think who's the best quarterback Belichick's fate like had in his division. Is it? I I'm I'm kind I'm kind of drawing a blank. I'm not there. Is it Mark Sanchez? It better not be. Um, I mean, no. I, I Tannehill? Tannehill, maybe, yeah. But Tannehill was awful. On the Dolphins. Tannehill, yeah, Tannehill, Tannehill, Tannehill you awful. can't compare. Yeah, it, it he could be, honestly, it, it could be Josh, like Tyrod Taylor that one year, Josh Allen maybe. Even uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick that one year in 2015 when the Jets were actually good, he was good. But I mean, Belichick's been coaching in that division for you know, years, and obviously I don't, we don't have like an extensive knowledge of like the early 2000s. especially. Chad Pennington maybe. But like, yeah. like the fact that I we're coming up say, with these names. I was names. gonna say Vinny. I was gonna say Vinny Testaverde, but I don't I know. Think I, he was I, the eighties. I, I think he was. was no, I don't know. I know he was. He was late nineties. Late nineties. I don't know if Belichick. Is, but that's what I'm saying. The fact that we got to go back that much. I don't know. But I mean, it could be a good thing. Good old Bills a little scared of Trevor. Hopefully, hopefully we see him on the Jets. I don't even know. I can't with this team no more. The stress. <laughs> when the Jets go zero and sixteen, which let's hope they do. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is. He's probably going to say, oh, I think, yeah, Clemson looks good for another year. Or, uh, you know what, I'm going to pull an Eli Manning, you know. Just, I don't want to go to the Jets. I think it's safer to pull the Eli Manning because there's if, if the Jets don't get Trevor Lawrence, what's to say that they don't go 0-16 again? Because, like, how much are they really going to improve if their quarterback, if their quarterback position kind of stays where it's at right now? Well, that you situation. would assume – well, you would assume that you get C.J. Mosley back next year after he yeah. opted out. I'm not saying you don't get better. I think you ha- you would have to. You still have good draft picks, but like, who's There's to say they're not still one of the worst teams in the league? By you know, I think that they need to build yep. off of what they have now. Like, okay, we've seen Mackay Beckton through nine weeks. He looks like he's a very good offensive lineman. A left tackle is huge in the NFL. If you can build at least the front, I mean, the front line for offense, then you have Quinnen Williams on the other side. Quinnen looks like he's been proving something a little bit this year. We have C.J. Mosley back, like Post said, next year. And hopefully, I know Marcus Mann, I'm pretty sure, is a free agent next year. Hopefully, they re-sign him. And then you, at least you have some pieces that we can build around. You draft a quarterback. Denzel Mims looks like he's pretty good. Then I mean, you got to re-sign Crowder, maybe. You have to draft another receiver. Like, obviously, there's a ton of more points you got to work on. But, I mean – I think right now the focal point is getting Trevor Lawrence. I think without him, everything just – it's all for nothing. If you plop Trevor Lawrence on the roster that they have right now, I think he's just set up for failure. Like, if you replace Darnold with Lawrence right now, you have nothing. Like, if you look at the Bengals last year, they had some pieces to work with. They had Mixon. They had Boyd. They had uh, – their tight end's pretty good. What's his name? It's – Eifert. Eifert, Tyler Eifert. Eifert, yes, yes, yes. So they had they have pieces around Burrow that they can plop him in. 
the Cardinals, they acquired pieces for Kyler. They got no, I, they yeah, got I can agree more. But the Jets, they just need to, I don't know, they need to put something together before you can make, like before you can say Trevor Lawrence is your savior. I what? think that starts with the coaching staff too, though. They need to oh, revamp their offense. I think that that's for sure. But uh, maybe this is foolish me. I have a little more hope now after seeing that game because, like, we saw the way Joe Flacco played. Joe Flacco hasn't been a great quarterback in in years. And Joe you know, that's why an elite quarterback. Joe me and John Franco were laughing. I was like, he surpassed Joe Montana for passing yards. Yeah, that that surprised me. But like, I was really thinking to myself when that happened. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I, I can't even. That's just the way the league is now. That the pass interferences they made passing, like the new pass interference rules, they just made it easier to pass. But like until like, like it looked like the Jets decided, it, it looked like if they were tanking, that looks kind of kind of like obvious. Like why would you throw the ball all the way down the field with five minutes left in the game? Like why would you take that yeah, shot? Instead of wasting but like clock, yeah. until they were like, oh crap, we actually have to lose this game. Like. Flacco looked good in that offense. And those deep shots, they looked like they worked. Um, the offense was kind of clicking. Was that the big touchdown pass? Was that to, was that to Mims? That, uh, big play? that was Perriman. Uh, and then yeah, yeah. Jameson Crowder has that great toe-tap catch. Yeah. Like, uh, it makes me wonder, like, do we give enough of the blame to Sam Darnold? Because, like... Look, he's had he's had a rough go of things, right? Like the O line's been really bad. I mean, you know, we, we say all the things about how he doesn't have that many targets, but we just saw Joe Flacco, who's at the very, very end of his career, go in and make that offense look respectable. And they put up twenty seven points and they were able to throw the ball down the field. And that's things that they haven't been able to do with Sam Darnold. And that just I think adds more questions to just Sam Darnold in general and really how much of this is actually his fault. I mean, let's let's hold up for a second. Sam Darnold hasn't been playing with with any of the receiving core. Half half time he's been playing, he has like none of the top three receivers. Didn't he have? Didn't he have Crowder and Perriman for a decent chunk? Or no, he didn't have either. He had one game. Maybe. Yeah, he had them one game. I'm pretty sure. Then he had um, it was the game versus Kansas City that he had um, Mims. That was Mims' first game. But no, like Lucas said too, the whole receiving core has been banged up since week one. But I mean. I agree with what you're saying, too. Like, no matter – I mean, even if you have two out of the three guys, whatever it is, the offense didn't look anything like that from Monday night the whole year. So, I mean, I guess some of that credit does go to Flacco. And like you said, you know, maybe a lot of the blame is more on Sam Darnold than we think. I mean, Sam Darnold better hope Flacco doesn't do play well anymore because the better Flacco plays, the worse Darnold looks. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the thing is, like, there's no reason for as soon as Darnold gets healthy for the Jets – for the Jets not to play him because like if at the very least if he plays well right that's a an audition for another team you can use him as trade bait and maybe his value goes up and if he sucks well that just helps you get to 0 and 16 quicker Joe Flacco playing well is really only in the best interest of Joe Flacco in terms yeah, of him continuing his yeah. career it does not help the Jets but do you want to let's say you draft Trevor Lawrence do they want to re-sign Flacco to maybe be a mentor starts if in case Trevor Lawrence isn't ready? I think you, that's I think that's a good idea. I think it always helps to have a, a veteran. I think even like Eli didn't really want to be that veteran guy for Daniel Jones, but he was, and I think it kind of helped Daniel Jones to have that guy there. Even like uh, 
I've always been a fan of like Josh McCown having him there just because like he was never a great quarterback, but you know, he knows a lot of stuff. Yeah, but just around the experience, the yeah. Yeah. The experience is such a big thing for the young guys coming into the league. No, I agree with that too. I think that wouldn't be a bad idea at all to re-sign Flacco for another year if they do get Lawrence. But there's so many ifs with this. There's so many ways that they can mess up. I'm not I'm not holding on to Trevor Lawrence in the bag yet. I'm not getting too excited. Well, I still think, like, you get Trevor Lawrence, your offense has to be entirely revamped because I still think that even in that game, the play calling was just a little boring. I, did, no, I, saw, yeah. something, I saw something funny that um, Adam Gase didn't call plays, but he did call the play that went for an interception uh, towards the end of the game. So, I mean, he's still making his mark on the team. I, I totally agree with, all, with what everyone's saying, though, what all you guys just said. I think that if you're going to go in deep and draft Lawrence and hopefully this can finally be the franchise quarterback that we've been looking for, if they don't try and get the piece around him, get the new coaching staff, try and like revamp everything like you guys said around him and build around him, I don't see a point of even going in for him. Like, you know what I mean? If you're, gonna, if you're just going to like half it and not really like be fully committed to helping the team get better, I don't think there's any point of going in for him. I think that everything's around him that has to improve. All right, so, so now let's shift – yeah, now let's shift to the um, the Giants here. And the Giants are able to pull off their second win. They sweep Washington in the, in the season series. 23-20 uh, to 20 win. Offense looked all right. Kind of, again, the story has been it kind of falters towards the end of the game and too many three and outs. Uh, but the defense looked good once again. They forced five turnovers, including two big interceptions, late Logan Ryan and... Who was the other interception? Jabril Peppers? Yeah. So, I mean, just before we get into uh, some deeper future stuff with the Giants, what do we think about this game? So, I caught the beginning of it. I, I had to leave during the second half. But I was fairly impressed with how the Giants played. Jones could have played a little better. Like, he, no turnovers, which is, like, fantastic. But I don't know. It just wasn't anything great. It was it was a solid game overall. I think we're like if if we're talking about him having a turnover here, this game is probably one of them would we would label a poor performance. Not maybe not poor, but lackluster. With the with the no turnovers, you look at it and you go, All right, he, he did enough. Um and I didn't see the good thing was I don't think I saw the inaccuracy that much the way we saw it against was it Philadelphia? Um, or Tampa, Tampa, where you could have hit the deep ball. It was, it was Tampa. Like, um, I didn't see that as much, and I thought his throw to Evan Ingram on the touchdown was great. I thought that was a fantastic throw. That Oh, Evan Ingram, almost another drop. That Did you see the one that almost became an interception because yes. he, like, hit it yes. five times? He juggled it five mm. times in the air. Awful. You see, uh, I, I have nothing left to say. I'm not wasting my breath on Evan Ingram anymore. I mean, you know, and he has, besides that, I feel like that's been his only, we shouldn't have to say that he hasn't dropped anything. Like, that shouldn't be a point of pride, but, like, he had looked better sure. in the past couple of games. Um, like, to the, I think it, it was either this game or it was, like, a game before. You know what? No, I think he did have a drop, a couple of drops, because I remember the announcers being like, that's something you don't see a lot from Evan Ingram. And I was like, what? No, what are you talking about? Like, that's literally the thing that defines his career. (laughs) Whoever that announcer should be fired. I know. I was like, listen, throw me me in the booth and we'll see what happens. (laughs) But, like, yeah. The defense, again, I think it looks good. 
it's again, I think they get a little tired towards the end. The defense doesn't know how to close out games yet because Oh, I don't know if you can say that though. This it's week. not their fault. Look, it's not always their fault. And they did a good this job week. of closing out the game to uh eventually exactly. closing out, but like I think we start to see right like you have a twenty to three lead going into like the first half or something like that, or maybe Maybe, maybe not that, but at one point you have a 20 to three lead and then, you know, you let up, you end up letting up 17 points uh, over the course while your offense really isn't doing anything. And so again, not all the blame goes to the defense, right? Because you do need some help, but uh, I do, I do tend to see that the Giants defense will start off really, really strong. And then they'll regress to just being mediocre. Like the play that I think it was McLaurin, that huge touchdown pass where like, Logan Ryan and like a couple guys that converge and they're just not able to bring him down. Like that can't happen. That's a bad. That's that. That's like the old. Yeah, that was awful. From a couple years ago when like the defense just couldn't stop anyone and we let up like forty something points to to New Orleans that oh. one year. Like that. Like that. Those are the type oh, of plays where it's oh, like. Oh, and you just see Janoris Jenkins trying to shoulder shoulder tackle everything. That's what that reminded me of. Just Janoris Jenkins trying to shoulder tackle everybody. And, and that's a surprise, too, because I think Logan Ryan has been – I've really liked the way he's played. That interception he has to seal the game is beautiful. But oh, I don't know. The Giants, what do we need? What don't we need? That's the real question. We need we need more of an – like, we need our O-line to at least play the oh. way they played against Tampa because, look, I think, like, you look the way, like, when they were – when the O-line was pushing people back, there's a, a great clip of the run – I think it's a Wayne Gallman touchdown, and you see it's Andrew Thomas, and who's the other the other good rookie O-line? The rookie, Shane Lemieux. I Shane have Lemieux. been extremely, extremely impressed with that kid. But I was so expecting it, yeah. that kid to be the center next year, but they have him in as guard right now, and he's been phenomenal. If you watch, it's the second, it's the second touchdown in the Tampa Bay game. Uh, for, it's Wayne Gallman. Lemieux and Thomas, they create this massive hole by pushing back. They basically open up the entire left side of the line for Gallman to run through. And they just they stay through their blocks to the point where they topple, they topple their defender over. And I think when you look at the run game and when it's actually doing well, I think you start to see Daniel Jones do better. I think you, you, the Giants just play better as a whole. And I think, I think that's, the biggest, that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, obviously, you can always improve the defense. You can always improve the offense, but I think there's enough there. For me, it's just either improving the O-line or getting them to play more consistent. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and it would, uh, it would help if they maybe just gave the ball to Golden Tate and made him happy a little bit. Like, you know, because <laughs> uh, he's not playing this week, right? That, that listen, I applaud Joe Judge. I love, I love Joe Judge. I, agree, I yeah, love that. I agree with the move, yeah. But he should uh, – it was just weird that we kept him, you know, at the trade deadline after with all that happening. Yeah, yeah, you know. And like we've we've said, like Golden Tate's not part of the future for this team. Like he's not, he's obviously not in the plans. But it's a it's a fair point. Like while he's not one of the best receivers in the league, I don't think he ever really was. But at one point, he was considered a pretty good receiver, and to some extent, he still is. If he's there, use him. Obviously not this week when you have to bench him for the stuff that him and the stuff his wife said, like, yeah, like that's, and he's already kind of been a, been a problem. I think he got into that fight with Jalen Ramsey. Um, so I think his time at New York is coming towards an end here. Um, 
That's but part yeah, of the yeah. reason we traded Odell, that we knew we were going to draft a quarterback, and we didn't want a guy who needs the ball in his hand to corrupt the young quarterback's mind. So you got to get Golden Tate off the field now. If, if you're going to stick with Jones or you're going to draft another kid. Especially like – Golden Tate has to go. This isn't – I don't even know if this is that much of a knock on Golden Tate, but I, I truly think he's the number three target in this team, and that's because – and that's only because Evan Ingram has been so bad. If Evan Ingram could catch, Tate's the number four. Because Sterling Shepard's the best receiver on this team, and he's clearly Daniel Jones' favorite target. And I put Darius Slayton over Golden Tate uh, just because of you know, his size and athleticism. So Tate is at best the number three in this offense. And you know he's not a guy that can always create separation with his body because he's, he's a small guy. He's going to have to work to get it open, and that athleticism is not the same because he's in his 30s. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I feel like even on the touchdown catch, like I said, I said it last week, like it wasn't like he was wide open. Daniel Jones made a great throw. <laughs> I didn't feel like he was wide open. But um, with the win over Washington, Giants are 2-7. and seven. And that gives them a shot to get into the playoffs. So uh, I want to do a little thing here. For the sake of the games when NFC East teams play the Giants, we're going to call these wins because the Giants basically need to win out in the division for this to be plausible. But so I'm going to read out uh, the schedule of each NFC East team and and tell tell me what you think of my assessment. So we'll start with the Eagles. This week they're at the Giants. The Giants have to win this game. I think the Giants can win this game. We agree? Yes. I agree. Definitely. Lucas shaking her head no. Luca, what do you think? You think the Eagles are that much better? You know what I think? I think what? Daniel Jones can only beat the Redskins. He only has one win against another team that's not the Redskins. So, I think he's only beat the Redskins. And they're it's pretty done early in his career to start saying a guy can only beat one team. I don't know. He, what? How many wins does he have in his career? Four? I'll say this. I'll say this. He's got five, right? The and loss, against, the loss against Philly is not on him. Dallin, he made a perfect throw to steal that game to Evan Ingram. So he very easily could have been 1-0 against Philly. The loss against Tampa Bay, yeah, that's on him. And the um, I'm yeah. sure there are other losses this year that are on him. But at least against Philly... Daniel Jones played very well in that game, and they should have won that game, and they could have beat them. So I think they could do it again. I like it. Philly looks and, lost. And also saying that in the vast majority, I believe, of his games, he was playing without the best offensive player on the team. Like, Saquon has been hurt for the vast majority, and when you lose your best weapon, that's going to make you not as good. But so, yeah, I think look, I think they can take down Philly. I just don't think that Philly's playing with a lot of confidence. The defense shut down Philly for most of that game too. So I think we could see that again. Eagles, the next game at the Browns. Tough, but I think you I think you give the Eagles the loss. The Browns are a better team. Versus the Seahawks, definite loss. Packers, that's a loss. Saints, that's a loss. Cardinals, that's a loss. Week 16 at the Cowboys. I'll give the Eagles this win. Um, and then their last week against the football team, Washington beat them before. It helps the Giants if Washington beats them here. Um, that would be ideal. Do you think Washington can beat the Eagles there? Any team can Possibly. beat any other team on any given day. That's true. But so that's not true. There's the team called the Jets. If all the Jets of that yeah. almost beat somebody, I don't know. Yeah, 
if all of that happens, the Eagles will have gone one and seven in their next, you know, for the rest of the way. That would give them a four something. I would say I think it's like four eleven and one record, um, which would put them out of the playoffs. The Cowboys. The Cowboys could basically lose out. I know they played the Steelers pretty competitively. The Cowboys kind of need to lose out because if the Cowboys string together a couple wins, they basically win the division. Uh, you're looking at the Vikings. I think that's a loss. Washington, it depends on what Dallas team shows up, but I think Washington can beat them. The Ravens, that's a loss. Bengals, that's a loss. 49ers, that should be a loss. Eagles, you hope that the Eagles can beat them. That's a loss. And then the Giants, I think the Giants can take down the Cowboys. So if the Cowboys lose out, you're looking at a 3-13 and team. The key here is Washington. Washington's got the Bengals. I think that's a loss. They have to beat the Cowboys. Then they have the Steelers, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. I think those are all losses. They play the Panthers, give them the loss there, and then finally against the Eagles. That's the game they need to win because with these two wins, if the, e- if the Redskins end their season at 5-11, and 11, they would be hypothetically in the scenario tied with the Giants. Because the Giants swept them, Giants would get the nod in the playoffs. But the key here is the Giants' schedule. The Giants' schedule is interesting. Have to beat the Eagles this week. You don't beat the Eagles, all of this goes out the window. Then, in the, in the, next, in the next one, two, three, six games, you have to find a way to win two of them. And that's out of the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. I think you chalk up the Cowboys as a win. You either have to beat the Bengals or the Browns. I don't know which one is easier. Bengals. I think, I think it's the Bengals. Um, and I, I think I said earlier a couple podcasts ago that I think this stretch of games, the Giants can go 3-0. And it helps them if they go 3-0 because then you have the luxury – you're not expected to beat Seattle, and you shouldn't beat Seattle. You're not going to beat Arizona. You shouldn't beat Arizona. The Browns you can beat just because the Browns aren't very good. But, again, they, they can kind of turn on. The Browns are still a better football team. The Ravens are interesting. The Ravens should beat them, but Lamar has kind of sucked this year. So, who's to say? I think it's safe to say that's a loss and be pleasantly surprised if they win. I don't, I don't have any expectations of winning that game, Luca. right? You're laughing. What do yeah, you think? There's no way, like, yeah, the Ravens. Well, I don't know. Uh, hold on now. Hold on. Because the one thing I'd say is this. Lamar Jackson has not looked good against good defenses, and the Giants are very close to be considering a, to be considered a good defense. And They're, they lost their best O-lineman for the year. That is true. But I think, do the Giants have the pass, pass rush? And do, do you think Daniel Jones can survive against the Ravens defense, which has looked amazing? Well, Daniel Jones has shown time and time again that pressure isn't really the problem because his stats, his stats actually show that he's better when he throws the ball under two seconds than when he holds on to the ball. So sometimes pressure helps him because he's forced to just make quick reads and throw the ball right away. Um, as for the Giants' pass rush, and I think, Posey, you can back me up here, Leonard Williams has looked very, very good from the inside. Rushing yeah, from the inside, looks, at, looks fantastic. Oh, our... So we were in a 3-4, okay? So the three interior guys being Williams, um, it's Williams, Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, Tomlinson. 
and I'm drawn home. Why can't and Lawrence Williams Thomas and Dexter Lawrence? I don't know why it took me that long to figure it out, but whatever. Those three guys, they are the foundation of this defense. Then you got Martinez in the middle, Martinez along with Fakro. Awesome. He's been a stud, Martinez. You also got Fakro, and you got a kid I like a lot, O'Shane Zimenez. I, I expect him to be a little bit better this year, but I do think that kid has a lot of upside. But there are no guys on the outside that can just rush the passer. We, so, I don't know. We Yeah, we don't have – it's – we don't have a, the best pass rush, and I think you saw that against Tampa Bay. Um, we really didn't get to Brady that much. So, look, it will be it will be interesting because I think it's also Lamar has had problems against good secondaries, and all things considered, the Giants' secondary has been pretty, pretty good. James Bradbury hasn't been as good in the past couple weeks, but still a good corner. Logan Ryan's played amazing, and Jabril Peppers' the past couple games has really turned it on. So you know, we'll see. Uh, this is a little far-fetched, and I think you feel a lot better if the Giants end up winning six games and they end the right there with, with a six and ten record. You force Philadelphia. You have you force Philadelphia to have to win three more games, and with that schedule, that's really tough. Philadelphia is the key. Dallas is kind of a wild card because I caught I thought Dallas was done, but they played the Steelers really well. So I don't know. Well, well, you said this before the game. Like, or it was, like, right before I gave him my picks. You said that there was a huge spread. What was it, a 14-and-a-half-point spread? Yeah, it might like have been, that? yeah, something like that. You were, like, the Steelers don't blow teams out. They make every game interesting. And you're right about that. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the Steelers not being able to blow teams out or if it's just the Cowboys played well that game. I hope it's it the Steelers or. because – I, I didn't think the Steelers played well that game. Their defense was awful. Their, their, their front seven, which is supposed to be the best in the league, did not have a good game against Garrett Gilbert. So, and, you know, Garrett Gilbert looked good, so I'll give the guy some credit. He looked better than Benjanucci, but still, it's like their front seven was awful. Honestly, their whole defense was awful in that game. Um, and, like, their offense turned it up at the very, very end, but their offense was lackluster for the entire first half. So I would hope that that's more on the Steelers just not being able to blow teams away. But if Dallas can be kind of competitive, that kind of throws a wrinkle into this whole plan of the Giants making the playoffs. And then – You know what? Yeah, go. Only time will tell. I don't – Luca, people in the chat said this to me. They're like, why do you want to make the playoffs? Like – What's the real advantage? And I, my, my thought process is this. Like, Daniel Jones right now is supposed to be your future QB. He's still, at this point, at this juncture, he's still your guy, the guy that you believe you can build a team around. And if you can get this team, which you think the foundation is here for a winning football team, if you can get them into the playoffs where, you know, as long as you get into the playoffs, there's a chance. Even if you're going up against Seattle or Arizona, you wouldn't go up against Seattle, but like if you went up against Arizona or New Orleans or even a Tampa Bay if they can't win the division. Like Lucas said, right, there are teams. The team that's in that fifth, the first wildcard spot facing the NFC East, teams are going to love to be in that spot. And no one's expecting the Giants to win. But even if you just get one game of experience in the playoffs, that's something. Posey, do you agree? I agree. I also want the Giants to make the playoffs because I have not seen any of my teams make the playoffs in a really long time. 
and I just want something to be hopeful about. As long as we have life, I'll be happy. Uh, you know, before we steer away from the Giants, like it's to be noted that yes, Tampa Bay didn't play well, but on any given on any given day, a team cannot play well. And if the Giants played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers within two points in a game that they probably should have won if Daniel Jones was better at throwing the ball away, who's to say that you know they can't run into uh, an Arizona team, let's say an Arizona team that just lost to Miami, and maybe catch them on a bad day? Or they run into a New Orleans team when New Orleans isn't on their mark and Drew Brees isn't having his best game? Who's to say the Giants can't advance? I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think there's you know you get into the playoffs. Obviously, there's a chance. I'm not expecting them to win the Super Bowl, but who's to say they can't make something happen? I want to pose this question. Speaking about the Giants, the NFC East, the NFC East is awful, and it's very clear looking at all the teams' records. I mean, there might be still, like the Giants, their defense is like underrated, yes, but they're still like all the teams are bad. If you're another NFC East team or an NFC team, if you're another NFC team and you're in a competitive division with maybe like one another team going for the for the first seed in your division. Uh, do you purposely try to take the first wild card spot so you can play the NFC East team coming out? Do you try to do that? See, the thing is that it's tough. It's gonna be tough to get that first wild card spot because that means that you have to be the best team not to win your division, and. Right now, you look at some of the standings, Seattle and Arizona are in a very, very close division race. And one of those teams is going to be a wildcard team. And then you flip over to the NFC South, and the Saints and the Buccaneers are locked in a wildcard race. And one of those teams is going to be a wildcard team. Neither of those teams are going to be like, you know what? Let me not win the division, and let me take a wildcard team, because right now, Seattle and New Orleans who are in first place and Tampa Bay and Arizona who are in second place right behind them, they still have a chance to win the division. If they win the division, they could be the best team in the, in the NFC and they could get the bye. And I think you take the bye over playing the Giants. Um, so and it's also, I think you look at some of the wildcard teams, like the, whoever the last wildcard team is, it looks like it's going to be either the Rams or the Bears. So I mean... Also not a, also not a, a terribly intimidating team. So it's going to be tough to purposely get the wild card, the first wild card spot because you actually have to play very very well to get that spot. Yeah, I mean we'll see how the season plays out, but I think it's something worth noting when it comes like week fifteen, week sixteen, week seventeen. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna love that the NFC playoff race that's gonna go on because I think the the two matchups, the two races we're kind of talking about right now between Seattle and Arizona and Tampa Bay and New Orleans, those are really really competitive. And we saw New Orleans swept Tampa Bay, which makes it interesting, and that definitely gives them advantage. Arizona went into Seattle and beat them the first time, and so that doesn't look that good. Russell Wilson thrown recently, and their defense is not. They lost to Buffalo. That was a big thing. Like, there are a lot of questions. This NFC playoff race could get really, really interesting, and I'm, I'm totally excited for it. I'm excited for every uh, loss the Seahawks have because every loss means better draft position for the Jets' first pick from them because their first yeah. round picks from Seattle. So, yeah. all right. Well, this was fun. It was a lot of talk about the Giants, but let's shift on to a segment we haven't been able to do. 
in about two weeks. Poe's pickups. <laughs> Poe's been slacking. It's been awful. Oh, he just hasn't showed up. The last time we had a pod, I said the intro where I said maybe we should consider giving his segment to someone else or just scrapping it entirely. Obviously, Poe is back, and there are bigger concerns about Steven and his dedication. So right now, for now, Poe is safe. But Poe, here's, a, here's a chance here to really, really cement yourself with this segment. Take it away. All right, so the last few weeks kind of been tough. Especially two weeks ago, my God, was it a five and nine week? Yeah, do you want? To, yeah, you had a five and nine week. Yeah, that's. And this week was seven and seven, so getting better. We're improving. All right. So, all right. First pick, I got the Tennessee Titans as one and a half point favorites over the over the Colts, and this could have gone either way. Honestly, it's gonna be a good game. I just think the Titans are could muster this one out. Next one, we got the Texans as three-point underdogs over the Browns. Again, another close game. I think the Texans will win this game, though. I think much better team than their record shows. And Deshaun's been very yes. good. I have the Giants as three-and-a-half-point underdogs over the Eagles. This is a bit of optimism here. And also, I actually do think the Giants can win this game. I think the Giants will win this game. Well, I mean, even if they – when you look at the games that they've lost, how many games have they lost by like by two points by a field goal? You're only asking them to, at worst, lose by a field goal. And I think that's very doable for this Giants team. They've covered the spread a lot. But I feel like the only game that they didn't cover, I think the only two games they didn't cover were... San Fran. The San Fran and the Steelers, maybe. Yeah, they didn't cover, they they didn't may- cover the Steelers. They didn't cover the Steelers. Okay. So... Moving forward, I have the Panthers as four-and-a-half-point underdogs over the Buccaneers. Buccaneers have looked scary. Like, they are extremely inconsistent. They have not played well the past two weeks. So, and the Panthers, a lot of people are sleeping on them, but they are a very solid football team. And they're also get, they're getting CMC back this weekend, right? Uh, they, got, they had him back last week, back and he got hurt. Week. He got hurt. He hurt his oh. shoulder. So he's in question. Uh, it, but again, Mike Davis can slide in and easily fill that role. And that's a team. They lost to Kansas City by two points. So competitive football team. I have the Packers as 12.5 point favorites over the Jaguars. The Jaguars are just a walking dumpster fire. They're in the civilian category as the Jets. So, yeah. I have. The Raiders as five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Broncos. The Raiders have – they had a miraculous win last weekend over the Chargers. That, that was crazy. But – Yeah, I yeah have, Justin Herbert's having – he's having a rough go at things. He's played really, really well, and his team has just not helped him out in any way. Well, speaking of the Chargers, the two rookie quarterbacks face off. Dolphins, Chargers. I'm taking the Dolphins as two-and-a-half-point favorites. We're hopping on the two-a train over here. All right. He played very, very well, so I love it. Okay, so now we have the Bills as two-point underdogs over the the Cardinals. And after last week, after they just killed the Seahawks, I don't see how I can not take them. So now, after that, we have 
the Bengals as six and a half point underdogs over the Steelers. As I said previously, the Steelers don't blow teams out. The Bengals coming off a bye week. They've looked pretty good this year. Much better than last year, obviously. But, yeah, going with the Bengals there. I have the Saints as nine-and-a-half-point nine favorites over the, over the Niners. Again, another weird team. But after they blew out the Buccaneers, I don't see how I can't pick them this week. Yeah, that's that's an interesting spread. I feel like you have to take the over there just to be a, just to feel safe. It's a tough one. It's, it's a tough a week one. again. Yeah. No, there are some tough so spots. Now, here. I think this is the first time the Seahawks haven't been the favorites, but I'm still taking them. They are two point underdogs over the Rams. <laughs> so now we got the Ravens as seven point favorites over the Patriots. The Patriots almost lost to the Jets. Therefore, they are garbage. (laughs) And the last game of the week, I have the Vikings as two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Bears. There's not really a hot pick this week. Like, I guess you you can say that the Bengals is a hot pick this week, but over the Steelers, that's kind of a given. Yeah, that's that's not a hot pick. I'm going to try You nailed your hot pick, I think, last week. Was that Miami? Is that Was that your hot pick? Uh, I think Miami might have been the hot pick the week before. No, so it was this week nine. You had Miami as the hot pick Miami. against Arizona, and they ended up beating Arizona yeah. by three points. So Poe absolutely nailed his hot pick last week. But no hot pick this did week. I pick them right. twice in, did I pick them twice in a row? You the might have. Pick. Uh Yo, you might have. I'll have to check. I'll have to check the Instagram for oh, no, that week one. Eight was, week eight was the Jets. Oh. Week eight. That's in Panama. No. No. Can we, can we get a hot pick record coming on? Because uh, I, can, I can throw that together right now if you give me – if you want to talk about your picks a little more. You know what? It's not good. That's not good radio. I'll hit you with it next week. I'll hit you with All it. All right. Uh. And so let's finally, let's transition into our top fives. An interesting, interesting week. So let's hop in to our top fives. Biggest story of the week, John Franco, back on the horse at 4-1. and one. His 1-14 one slide is over. He's back to, uh, to the level of prosperity we all know and expect from him. And... Maybe the even bigger story is that Steven finally has double-digit losses. So, that's cool. Uh, I guess that's kind of nice. But uh, we'll hop right into uh, the games we're going to do for this week. Thursday night game, you got the Colts versus the Titans. The 1 o'clock game is the big playoff determination game. The Eagles versus the Giants. You love it. Love every second of it. Sunday at 4.30, we got the Bills versus the Cardinals. Another great game. Sunday night, Ravens versus the Patriots. Monday night, the Vikings versus the Bears. And Luka's special game of the week, the Washington football team versus the Detroit Lions. Um, I'll get the ball rolling with this. Thursday night, taking the Titans over the Colts. Derrick Henry's going to go off. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Giants 
in MetLife Stadium. They're going to take down the Philadelphia Eagles in route to a playoff seed. Love to see it. The 430 game, going with my boy Kyler Murray. He's going to take down the Bills. Sunday night, got to take the Ravens over the Patriots. The Patriots just looked awful on Monday night football. And the Monday night game, I'm going to take the Dalvin Cook and the Vikings over the Bears. All right, I'll go on uh, Thursday night. I think that's going to be a good game. Uh, but I'm going to go with Philip Rivers and his nine kids over the Titans. Um, Sunday, Giants are going to win out the rest of the year. So, obviously, Giants. It's bound uh, to happen eventually. Yeah, exactly. You know, 16-0. and 0. Uh, The Bills-Cardinals. Um, I don't know why, but I'm going to pick the Bills for this one. Uh, Sunday night, got to go with the Ravens over the Patriots. And Monday night, um, I think I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with the Vikings over the Bears. Uh, I'll go next. So I'm taking the Titans over the Colts. I will also be taking the Giants over the Eagles. I don't think I have to explain myself there. I'm going with the Bills after a hot after a huge week. I'm going with the Bills over the Cardinals. I'm going with the Ravens over the Patriots. And I will be going with the Vikings over the Bears. Luca. Okay, so uh, let's see. Colts, Titans. I'm going to go with the Titans here because Derrick Henry is just a beast. Uh, Eagles, Giants. Uh, well, the Giants aren't playing the Redskins, so I have to go with the Eagles. Uh, Cardinals, Bills. I don't trust the Bills. I think the Cardinals will pull it out. Ravens, Patriots. Patriots are just awful. They barely beat the Jets. we got to go Ravens here. Uh, Vikings, Bears. Uh, I don't tr- trust uh, – uh, Big Nick. So, there you go, Vikings. And my special game of the week, the football team versus the Lions. Well, I feel like it's kind of obvious because the Lions actually have a team name. So, I got to go with the Lions. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Let's look at – we haven't done this in a while. I always forget. But So, let's take a look at the standings. In first place, Steven, 35 and 10. Fantastic stuff. Uh, it'd be a shame if he actually maybe showed up for once. That'd be nice. But we're gonna it would do? be a shame. It would be a shame if he's kicked off the pod. It would IG be a shame if he's kicked off place. the pod. Got to get that <laughs> IG poll up. See what the, yeah. the listeners want. <laughs> yeah. Tied in second place, Posio and uh, yours truly at twenty six and nineteen. Uh, tied in fourth place, John Franco and Mister Harris, and finally. In last place, once again, Tommaso at 23 and 22. So, Is this like the first time we've been over 500? Uh, we've been, everyone's been over 500 for a couple of weeks now. But this might be the first time we don't have someone at 500, which is big. So, I mean, oh, look, this is what happens when you put all of the best minds in the game and Luca together in a room. <laughs> Speaking of Luca, actually doing pretty well at 29 and 15. And important disclaimer, after this week, 
there will be no Luca's special game of the week because Luca will be at the same amount of games as the rest of us. It's going to be great. He can actually compete in the standings. He might actually win something, so that's scary. But um, <laughs> onwards and upwards, oh. as they say. Uh, well, before we end the pod, I have one thing to say for everybody. Oh, no. It's a great thing that the Jets have a bye because the Jet fans finally have to not watch their team lose for the first time in God only knows how long. You Told don't have to watch losing football. Told you, why would I keep watching the Jets when I'm hoping they're going to lose? I stopped watching weeks ago. Or, Lou, that stat you showed me that they uh... – the Cowboys and the Jets. That was it. If you look at, I mean, this is more yeah. of a knock on the Cowboys. I don't know if any yeah. Cowboys fans are listening, but if you are, go screw Matt yourself. Manuel. 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 I believe. Yes. What was the thing I sent, Mister Harris? Is that over the past twenty-two games? Uh, I believe. Yes, the last twenty-two games, both the Jets and the Cowboys have a seven and fifteen record. So. Thank Cowboys fans for feeling themselves recently here the New York Jets. Um, last season when the Cowboys played the Jets, guess who won? The Jets I forgot won. about that. The Jets beat the Cowboys. <laughs> you guys are pretty good last year. Where'd you guys go? Seven and nine? They went like yeah, but they went six and two in their last eight games. Yeah, because we, they had the easiest schedule in the imagine, league. Imagine they do it again. <laughs> no. No, don't don't even put that thought in my mind. Oh, man. <laughs> well, right. this has gone on long enough, so um, it's time to wrap it up. Let's call it a night. Thank you, guys. A rookie Antonio gets it out of the backfield, and he is into Giants territory. Lost the football, bouncing around. <laughs> it's still bouncing. It's still loose. Uh, now the officials will attempt to get to the bottom of the pile. Giants say they have it. There's a fumble recovered by New York. First down. On first down, it is Goldman, and he walks it in for a Giants touchdown. Jones with time throws to the end zone, and a diving catch is made by Evan Ingram for a Giants score. Smith with time on first down. The pass is caught, and then McLaurin breaks free. Terry McLaurin will take it all the way for a Washington touchdown, 68 yards. Wow. Alex Smith under pressure on third down, rolling to his right. He throws, it's picked off. It was tipped, and then Peppers comes up with the interception. Second down and six. Smith over the middle, intercepted once again. This time it is Logan Ryan, and that will put an exclamation point on the second victory of the season for the New York Giants.